Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 335. I am your host, Jordan Biorti, and joining me today is, as always, the excellent Krista Hoog. Oh, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the support there. I like being excellent. I'll take that. Well, I mean, dude, you're you're always here. You're always by my side. You're with my trusty steed. Well. <laughs> We're oh, riding off side. into the sunset. By your side. I thought you were saying <laughs> on your side. <laughs> well, I mean, on my side, by my side. There was there was some division yeah. last week. It's fine. Yeah, but you know, but there's consistency, and that's what I like. Good debate. Good, <laughs> good, good conversation. Yeah, you know, you don't we don't always have to. You know, we don't have to agree to be on the same side. Oh no, this is the internet, Jordan. There, there, there is no gray area. You're either oh, with us God. or against us. I mean. We'll get into that in a bit, but joining us also is uh, a newcomer to the podcast, but he's got a lot to say about uh, some things he's very passionate about. We have the excellent Lane Martin. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy I'm also excellent. It's what I've always dreamed of. (laughs) We all just strive to be excellent. The pursuit of excellence. I don't. I strive to be mediocre at best. (laughs) Well, good job. It's attainable. Set the bar. Set the set the bar. I mean, I don't want to set the bar low. Set it in the middle, so that yeah, anything over that is like, oh wow, this guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> low expectations, so everything is just phenomenal by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's how I've gotten this far. So let's uh, let's do a quick little bit of news because we got some things to talk about today. Um, so we have uh, first up, we have the uh, the the whole GameStop stonks thing that's going on. Um, I'm not a financier, so I don't know a ton about how this works, but apparently a bunch of people on the internet got together and bought up a bunch of GameStop stocks while they were like really low. And that somehow drove the price up to like a crazy high amount. And now they're like sitting on it and waiting to sell them. I don't know. What's the deal guys? Well, that's kind of the long and short of it. I am neither, I'm not, I'm not a... A stock guy either and it's not really uh this is a new thing for me basically but uh this isn't a financial podcast this I'm is not CNBC. <laughs> this is this is cncgm <laughs> cnbcgm uh, exactly we need that uh that one angry guy from one of the whatever it is uh, anyway oh, with all with all the buttons yeah that that <laughs> but anyways yeah the, basically hedge fund organizers have been betting against GameStop and kind of using their low stock for some time to make buttloads of money off off their underperformance. And now the subreddit known as Wall Street Bets has kind of played them with their own game. And now they're upset about that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, good I'm to see it's... Well, I mean, it's a good, I guess it's good to see that uh, that people are going to get some value out of GameStop because you sure as hell are getting it from going to a store. Well, it looks like uh, Robinhood, the uh, popular trading app, has uh, restricted sales of GameStop uh, stocks to prevent people from, I don't know, destroying the market or, you know, maybe making a little (laughs) bit of money when you're not a rich hedge fund manager or something like that. I don't know. Those hedge funds are all they have, yeah. Poor destitute hedge fund managers. God (laughs) forbid they... uh they have any more money than we do won't somebody please think of the hedge fund managers look if only they would stop spending all their money on starbucks and avocado toast they might be able to make it through this yeah us us crazy millennials might actually have some money in the in the bank 
Thoughts and prayers, really. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like I said, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the like the mathematics of how it totally works. I just know that it's uh, kind of game related and, and kind of funny. Um. Game related <laughs> in the most tangential way, yeah. Because there's there's a series of other stocks that are using like AMC and Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, oh, is, the, is Bed Bath and Beyond on there now? That's Bed Bath and fun. Beyond is in there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why that one got picked. Probably just because it was low. I I, I assume, but. Uh, not just a game thing means nothing for GameStop in the long run, but uh, it's nonetheless caught in the middle of this historical spike. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing I've always I've always like felt that like the st- the whole like stock market, you know, quote unquote, has like it's something that just like so, uh, like I don't know, weirdly reflects reality in no cons- like concise way. Because I'll never forget. You know, as much as it as much as it says a lot about the game industry, it kind of says a lot about like the volatility of the market. Um, I'll never forget after Nintendo announced, like initially announced the uh, the Switch and like put out the first trailer, their stock went down. Like it went down yeah. like like something like twenty points because apparently investors thought that the Switch was like too risky of a of a bet and nobody was going to buy it, and they thought that st- Nintendo's value like wasn't like where i guess where it would have should have been um and then you know the switch went on to be a ridiculous success so the company that does weird stuff with consoles is once again doing weird stuff with consoles and it's working again (laughs) the the company that's been the king of the mountain since the 80s is is still the king of the mountain (laughs) yeah it's it's really showing just how disconnected from reality it really is, but the, the, everything rides on it nonetheless. It's kind of really exposing some holes in society and the system. But, uh... Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think like, you know, amongst everything too, like this is just, this has like been a, a, a solid year. Um, what with the pandemic of like exposing how many holes there are in the systems and just like how like nothing this 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 oh, so many of the systems that have been put in place not just in like canada too like in the states um oh like, yeah we're having fun down here i mean it, basically uh, everything was like built out of fiberglass and balanced on an egg like one little uh, you know a, all it took was one pandemic that nobody you know one unforeseen event you know i was about to say a one little pandemic like was this cute little thing but like, <laughs> <horrible little pandemic. laughs> like i bet you know <laughs> you know what i meant like it all it took was one unforeseen like event to just completely like topple the entire thing but that's capitalism for you you said it comrade <laughs> oh shut up anyway <laughs> moving on yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as you criticize capitalism you're a communist I get I'm, it <laughs> I, I don't have a negative connotation with that word anymore I thought you were I thought you were saying comrade like you were implying it was like a ruski thing you were doing with well, to me. In, in jest <laughs> socialism is not an evil thing you point out the flaws of the capitalist patriarchy <laughs> and suddenly you're a socialist <laughs> Yeah, or defend one system that that benefits all these rich jerks, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're the bad guy. <laughs> oh damn! I you. know. Let's let's just not forget, you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk and and Jeff Bezos are are in the middle of a pandemic, are vying to be uh, trillionaires, and 
Activision is still making money hand over fist, despite the fact that their employees can't afford to eat at their stupid cafeteria. So, <laughs> well, actually, all these... Elon Musk is behind this whole movement too. He's loving this. He was tweeting. Oh yeah, but you know, he's also like a trillionaire who could easily he could he could he could give every single person in the states to like twenty grand and still be rich. Like, yep. <laughs> like it's it. the these guys could these guys could single handedly like give everybody enough money to get through this pandemic and still have more money than everybody in the, like the United States, but it'll never happen. <laughs> Cause God forbid they part with their money. Yep. Bezos's game this past year has just been sickening really. And, uh, and, and speaking of parting with their money, it's good, good segue. Uh, Konami has been, uh, shuffling their divisions, uh, so they they claim that they're not getting out of um, out of game development, but I mean, if you ha- are have been aware of you know the like recent history and just like reality, they have well gotten out of game development. Um, you know what what has Konami made, and if either one of you say. Metal Gear Survive or Contra I reach through my computer and slap both of you. Talker <laughs> Games. PS 2020. Well, yeah, I guess survive, that's true. Survive would be the last, like, quote-unquote, like, major game they did, right? Yeah. Well, it was, it was Contra. Or the it was Rogue Corps. But that was garbage, and it took it literally got rid of it. It's like, how do you make... How do you make this is what I mean. People, it's like Konami has the gall to be like, oh yeah, we're still making video games. You know, we made a Metal Gear where we took out literally everything that makes Metal Gear Metal Gear. We also made a Contra game and we took out everything that made Contra fun. Like, <laughs> we put a we put a friggin' uh, a, 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 a heat bar, a cooldown system on your gun. This is, you know, the one thing that you could do in Contra was shoot everything that moves and they somehow found a way to ruin that. It takes a lot of talent to be able to ruin Contra. Contra's a pretty pure experience, but bless them, they yeah. sure did it. <laughs> so, right, so anything's possible with enough effort is what you're saying. Clearly not. I mean, if the fine purveyors of pachinko machines and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links uh, <laughs> can do anything, it's ruin a storied franchise like Contra. If you really, really try, you can sink anything. Yeah. So apparently, they're they're. Um, it says that according to our to the article written by the uh, the wonderful Clement Go, uh, that they are dissolving uh, production division one, two, and three departments. I don't know what that means a hundred percent, but uh, it just seems to see suggest that they are shuffling a lot of people around and. Um, I guess just uh, probably just downsizing their whole division. Um, but again, yeah, like, 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 you know, like, like we were saying, like they, they really haven't been doing anything but making pachinko machines and real like pachinko machines are a huge moneymaker for Konami. I think, uh, especially in like Japan. And I also think uh, I want to say China also like, um, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, so it, it really doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, like why they would ever like, shift money and effort into game development i mean i know like like you guys said like they're you know they're konami right they were like they are such a storied company they haven't been as of late because everything that's come out about konami over the past well i want to say 10 years now has just been like 
bad news, bad story, bad game after bad game, right? Like, so it it's uh it's just it it really just it's such a it's such a bummer to see it. Um, and you know, and hopefully, like you know, the people over at Konami, who I guess I don't know if they're still you know developers kicking around there, and they you know they still want to hold on to their jobs. Like we you know can only hope the best for them. But like you know, to see a company that was so synonymous with gaming, like back in the back in like the nineties and even like into the two thousands, mm-hmm. you know, like just just take such a downward spiral. Like yeah, honestly, like you, like you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't name a bad Konami game back in the day, and now it's just like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking up their games from uh, the past few years, and I'm seeing a lot of uh, remakes of DDR, and apparently they tried to get Guitaru Man going again, which I didn't hear about. Really? They? Oh, you know what? They, yeah, they did, but that that fell through really quickly. I remember oh. hearing about that. Because again, like it, Guitaru Man was like one of those games that was really big in Japan, but I don't think it like it didn't justify enough like sales for a sequel. So even though people, even though it's like beloved and it's like a, it is like it's like a cult classic, like they're not gonna they're not gonna invest the time and money to to do a sequel to it. No, not for something that niche, especially not coming out of Konami. Yeah, no, they uh, they got they got really lucky with uh, Metal Gear Five just because they still had Kojima under the helm. Uh, and even though you know, even though they they locked him in a room basically, while he was developing that thing, yeah, they that, still that managed was, to crank out something decent. That was kind of a nail in the coffin for them. But I mean, you know, maybe maybe this is the you know when they turn things around, having all their staff under a smaller umbrella might give them the means to actually do something mean, meaningful again. Chris, do you truly believe that? <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic here. It, it could happen. Hey, bring back oh. Bomberman! Come on. I, I I can't wait to see how they ruin Castlevania. Honestly, oh, this is why I really. This is why it's like, I know, I know. This, this is why I constantly say because I, I I love the fact that um, that Igarashi just like made his own like good version of Castlevania, and I've been saying it for years, guys. It's like we don't need to wait for Konami to ruin Silent Hill. You could make a scary game and just call it, you know, Quiet Mountains or something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't have to be called Silent Hill to be Silent Hill. Yes. I agree completely. <laughs> Developers, just make it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't stop wasting your time making Nintendo fan games that they're going to shut down. Just make other good games and call them something different. <laughs> I'm just saying, 2023, Bonk uh, will make a return. That's my prediction right now. Oh my god, Bonk wasn't made by Konami. Uh, Hudson Soft, but they own it now. So, oh, they own Hudson's economy, but Hudson software. The hell did that happen? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true because Bomber, yeah, I guess because Bomberman, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, I'm putting the dots together here. I didn't even think about that because I was, I, I, when I was playing Bomberman, uh, uh, was it Super Bomberman R when it came out on the Switch? That that actually might be one of the last few good games that Konami put out. I didn't even hear about that. I actually really liked that's yeah, it was like a it was like a switch exclusive for a little bit, and then it, then they released it on other platforms. It actually wasn't too bad. It was you know it's 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 classic Bomberman. Like it's 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 about as as good as you could expect. Um, 
and yeah, and I, I thought it was weird not seeing like seeing the Konami logo on it because I was just like I, I, I kind of remember like thinking like at what like, you know my my first in- instinct was to go boo, um, <laughs> but like then I was I had that that I did I guess it just kind of slipped right past me where I was like wait a minute didn't Hudson Soft make this or like wasn't this a, a Hudson game or I was like why is Konami's logo on this, um, so yeah, uh, well I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see where this goes, but. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Moving on. Yeah, we uh, we also we did get the uh, we we kind of talked we kind of we kind of mentioned it, but not really. Um, uh, the uh, the Resident Evil showcase on the last podcast. Um, yeah. You, I mean, you show a you show a, a woman with big old knockers, and you just you're gonna blow up Twitter, aren't you? I don't think I've ever read the phrase "step on me" so much as I have in the last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of those posts. It's, it's, oh, been yeah, it's been a it weird week. It's been a weird week. It never ceases to amaze me too, just like how quickly these artists could get out like fan art. What like after these showcases, it's like they are just like ready to go with these things. Would that I could be half half as a decent artist. It takes me a friggin' like month and a half to draw some stupid like chibi guy. <laughs> oh, I I struggle with stick figures. That's what I mean. These guys are just oh, just ready to go with their like four posts. The <laughs> but oh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. Uh, uh, one little bit of thirst can go a long way, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because because everyone's talking about the lady, but no one's really talking about the game itself that they showed off. As much yeah, because <laughs> yeah, aren't you aren't, aren't you playing as Chris in this one? I think they were leaning on Ethan, but Chris was heavily in some of the materials they've shown off so far, so it could go either way, honestly. Yeah, because I, did, like I didn't a, sit like down... a dual protagonist kind of thing, right? Wouldn't it be? That's worked so uh, well for them in the past. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I, I I don't know if you're being sarcastic there, <laughs> a little Lane, bit but both. like. <laughs> i mean i liked revelations i liked how like the main game was kind of you playing as jill and then it broke off to the, the little side stories and you know you played as chris for a bit you played as barry for a bit i liked how that worked they're all they've always done interesting things with having <laughs> multiple um multiple characters they just kind of went crazy with it especially in a was it six where there were? Oh, we don't talk about six. <laughs> what you six. don't want two uh, Iowongs? Six, six was like every bad decision you could have made about Resident Evil. Uh, that was like the ultimate like pandering game. It was just like the fans wanna. It's like, but you know, and, and again, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dive too deeply into review territory here. Uh, at least not yet. Um, but like you know, six six was very indicative of the time it came out, where like every game was trying to reach as broad an audience as possible, even a niche game like Resident Evil. So it was just like we got to cater to the horror fans, we got to cater to the the action people, we got to cater to the multiplayer crowd, we got to cater like it's just like everyone had to be included in that game. It's just like why don't you just make a good horror game and give it to the horror people who want horror. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna, I understand that's a difficult thing to do. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, yeah, you know, it's when you want to make as much money as you know humanly possible, then just make as broad a game as possible. But that guy is Wesker's son. So oh, edgy, God. cool. We're back to the Wesker <laughs> well again. Yeah, it's starting to run dry, isn't it? I kind of still love uh, Wesker. I'll be honest. 
I mean, I, I've, I've, I've kind of like lost. I've kind of fallen out with Resident Evil in the past year because I, I I don't buy the first person experience like that's not appealing to me really. So I mean, like this game looks interesting for the people who like this kind of thing, but I personally not invested in it. I mean, I'll t- I'll tell you, okay, yeah, and that's and I guess that's 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 really the biggest like deal that's it's gonna make for you because like when you experience Resident Evil for for a certain way for so long, like Resident Evil, like uh, you know, along with Silent Hill, were like those games that like kind of like defined the horror genre back in the day and then like you know they 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 stayed they stayed they i mean not that they stayed in a comfortable place but like you know they they had their like iconic design essentially for a long time that's why like when four came out it was such a big deal um that they moved to like the old over the shoulder camera right and the whole game felt different um and i think the exact same thing can be said for seven like seven was such a unique experience and it did feel so different from every other game but it's still actually like you know felt very true to like what resident evil did um as a game like you know sort of like at least early earlier uh resident evils that like really like took their location into account and kind of made that as much of a uh, an antagonist as you know the uh the rest of like you know the actual monsters and stuff and even the way that they kind of evolved the idea of like the stalker too like you know they they did make like the way that the the family members like kind of like or the the like dad especially um you know, kind of like, you know, follows you around and kind of keeps you pinned down for a little bit. And then, you know, the way you move around the mansion, you always feel like there's this looming sense that he might just show up at any moment. And it's it, it does add a lot of tension. Um, this one does look good. I didn't watch a lot of it uh, of the showcase. I'll be honest, I, I, I did. I kind of like looked more at like, you know, articles and like just kind of like little like tip it, the tidbits that were on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, it, do, it does look very, um, you know, uh, Van Helsingy. Like a lot of like you know kind of like more less like zambos and more like vampires and such yeah i don't know um, how i feel about that generally just the the use of vampires i mean it's i think the game looks cool i enjoyed seven but i don't know how resident evil that is unless at the end of the day they just go yeah this is another umbrella experiment it's the v virus I'm, I'm, yeah i'm <laughs> but i'm tish <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it'll, it'll be it'll be umbrella related in some. Because I mean, seven did that too, right? Seven feels like 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 yeah, like you you you. It doesn't even feel like it has anything to do with Resident Evil. It's such a different experience. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, it's like yeah, it was umbrella. It was, they did it. <laughs> they were here the whole time. <laughs> Oops, all umbrella. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like i like i you know because i think i like the idea of of kind of like incorporating um different kinds of like horror iconography in, into the mix right like it's kind of the thing like yeah like like resident evil has been a zombie game for so long and like zombies are uh you know kind of really kind of like played out at this point so like if you're gonna explore i mean like uh, and again like getting away from like just like oh they're they're like mutants also like getting away from stuff like that and actually kind of like going into like other like horror like monster like horror territory i think it's actually a a, a smart thing for resident evil to do it's like it's it just it does add a, a unique spin to it I mean, like, the, the the first trailer for Seven gave me, like, a real Saw vibe, whereas this gives me, like, a vampire movie vibe. And I'll take the vampire movie vibe over the Saw uh, any day. But Yeah, it's very Nosferatu. I, I do think that it'll pay off for them, and it'll definitely um, lay the groundwork for the future uh, Frankenstein version of Resident Evil that I'm looking oh, for. Well, 
<laughs> there you go. Love to see that. Old school, uh, like old school, like Dracula. Did you guys watch that BBC series? The, the one that was it showed up on Netflix, the Dracula. No, it's like a, it's like a three part with, thing. Is that the one with Jonathan Reesmeyer? No, I'm thinking of a different one. No, I did not watch that one. Uh, it's on. Uh, it's on. It's on Netflix. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's kind of like, it's kind of like um, you know, a re a sort of a reimagining of like, you know, the the, the Bram Stoker Dracula. Um, Are there a lot more but Hard to say. <laughs> Mainly because I don't know what that is. Uh, his uh, his assistant guy who goes crazy and eats bugs. Oh, um, uh, kind of. <laughs> He's uh, he. It's like it's uh, they like they you know what they pay homage to it actually. Ah. Um, Bless them for homage. But. Uh, it's it's it actually kind of has a, a unique like twist to it like towards the end that I don't really want to give away. I would uh, I would highly recommend checking it out. I remember I had started watching that. Uh, I think I watched like the first couple minutes, and me and my partner were just like, "I'm not in the mood for period piece right now. We'll come back to this." <laughs> I you know because I think I I watched it around like um I think it was around like Halloween might have been like early October, uh. And I was like, you know, this is actually really cool. I love, I love me some Dracula. I really do. Can't go I've been wrong. I mean, I've been meaning to sit down and and uh, and rewatch Castlevania on Netflix because I freaking love that show. It's so goddamn good. I have issues with that show, but I think my issues with that show are my issues with Warren Ellis generally. Well, your issues. If you got issues with Castlevania, I got issues with you, sir. Bring it. Show is goddamn perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? No, because I I think um, okay. I don't want to get where are we time wise. I don't want to get too too, uh, too 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 deep into uh, this is what I mean. We just keep reviewing stuff. <laughs> the news segment. No, um, you know I think I was I think I was kind of with you a little bit um, in the beginning because uh, like the first three episodes I were thought were like amazing i was like okay this is this is castlevania this is everything i want um and then when the second season happened uh i was kind of like at first i was a little disappointed that they didn't just like kind of lean into the games and make it like every episode is just like you know saifa tifa uh saifa tifa oh my god saifa trevor and <laughs> alucard like just going like you know from like you know adventure to adventure until they reached dracula's castle um but then but then i kind of thought i'm like you know what like but like why would i honestly like why would i just want them to like completely like as much as i probably would love them to just remake you know the video game as an anime um using that the the, the anime as as like uh as a way to like explore different stories particularly the that of dracula like most of that story is told from his perspective right or the at least for the second season and i thought that was actually a much more interesting way to take it right like you're actually focusing on like the curse of dracula um which you know again like dracula's curse that was the name of number three which is show is whole you know based off of um then season three happened and i was like what the fuck i haven't like, touched season three yet oh it's so good it's, it's so dark like it's so good yeah no it's it went but it went balls to the wall in season three uh and now and i'm really excited to see like it, what what season four will bring because yeah like 
they did some crazy stuff in that one. Um, well, I'd heard that they were um, changing around a lot of the after after Warren Ellis got in some trouble with some um, some fans. Uh, I'd heard that he was no longer the leading force behind it, so there might be a might be some changes to it. Might have a what different feel. I didn't hear about that. What happened? Um, I'm I'm a little fuzzy on the details, and honestly, they might be rumors. Someone was tell uh, my brother was telling me about it at one point. We both went through a, a pretty heavy. Uh, Transmetropolitan phase kind of situation, but um, mm-hmm. apparently he had been, we'll say, inappropriate with a lot of his fans. He had been basically uh, keeping a hair up. Yeah, I googled it now. Yeah, I had a feeling it was going to be something along those lines these days. That's yeah. Don't uh, have heroes. <laughs> yeah, heroes are not advisable anymore. Oh my god, this is the this is the best. This is the best. Uh, headline to any story i've ever seen from 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 the website filmdaily.co is castlevania creator ward ellis a sexual predator question mark (laughs) (laughs) well Well. right to the point on that one (laughs) asking the hard questions (laughs) do they answer it at any point i was about to say if you're gonna if you're gonna pose (laughs) it's a question you should at least have an answer um it's like at the bottom it's like a big like poll it's like yes or no just a big just a big our, our consensus is <laughs> just redirects you to their twitter page oh click baiters never stop baiting clicks uh yeah i get yeah they did they did uh they did several several ties with him um but that was just last summer right so that probably would take a, yeah take yeah it's fairly recent it's he he already finished his work on season four before he faced any problems with the production um so i guess we'll see i mean yeah i guess if he if he was if he was still was the driving force behind season three then like again again like it was you know it was solid work all things uh all things considered <laughs> oh the guy's been right regardless like i don't know all right, if you want to get into weird comic books, are <laughs> either of y'all familiar with um, Dr. Sleepless? No. No, not really. So Dr. Sleepless was a Warren Ellis joint. Um, it was very cyberpunk, post-human kind of setting, and it was essentially telling the story of a, um, of a, a mad scientist, essentially. And he was just living up being the best mad scientist he could be. It went really well. There was a really interesting like fan community around it with some light ARG stuff and a lot of world building. And then like maybe six of his other series, his computer crashed and he never finished it. Uh, it's really good, but it's not done. It has some great art. <laughs> we'll have to. Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to look into it because yeah, those things are all all way up my alley. Yeah, it is like as transhumanist cyberpunk kind of crap as you could hope it would be but then that 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 brings us into that weird territory too where if this guy's a sexual predator like should we be supporting his work even like post you know production i would never uh recommend someone do anything untoward or illegal but i'm sure you can find (laughs) ah somewhere i gotcha might might be in your, in your local library yes exactly yeah perhaps we have to go um, now <laughs> our, our planet needs us 
<laughs> um, should uh, okay. I mean, I can't believe I, uh, I I just picked up that Xbox thing. I can't believe I forgot to put that on earlier. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's, it's, I don't want to. That's going to be such a that's going to be such a thing. Um, yeah, I guess we could talk about that uh, briefly. And uh, so so Xbox Live was going to jack up the price of uh, one year subscription and everyone got really mad about it and they brought the price back down <laughs> you know who doesn't love a good cash grab right yeah it's this is the whole like you know um you know 60 dollar game debate right like as soon as one person tries it's, it's like it really like, it really it really does just show their hand because really like realistically yeah like there's no reason for them to charge more money for their for their service um you know, I know the game pass. Like the game pass is pretty. Like is pretty. Um, you know, it, it's it's worth its. It is worth its value. I would say, like, because uh, it's like it's what it's um, the game pass by itself is is how much? I think it's uh, seventeen bucks a month for us Canadians. So uh, you know, on top of your X, and that is that's on top of your Xbox Live subscription. I Which think it's like, uh, you, you know, can pay like ten bucks a month for gold or seventeen for the like, Game Pass Ultimate, and that comes with like yeah. with like Xbox like with gold and everything. My my understanding is that it includes gold. I mean, I haven't uh, I haven't played. I'm like you've been an Xbox person for some ten years now. So, um, just check it here. Yeah, because um. Well, yeah, there's the Xbox Game Pass for PC, Xbox Live Gold. Doesn't come with uh, it just, so it's just gold, and there's M- Game Pass for console, which is just uh, that stuff. Game Pass for PC, and then there's Game Pass Ultimate, which does include yeah the game yeah, yeah. Uh, Xbox Live Gold. All the and that one month for one dollar. Yeah, they they have a promo on for right now, so you can get three yeah, months for for a buck promo. right now, which is good for Canadians. But uh, after that, it's seventeen bucks a month. What's the what's the what's the proper so I guess but yeah by itself would be uh, fourteen dollars a month, so um, that 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 works out to like what like almost like a almost like a hundred plus like hundred and forty bucks more a year. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty blatant uh, maneuver on their part. Like it was pretty transparent what they were trying to do, really. Yeah, or was that well, it was fourteen bucks a month? That's the current price, right? Like. Or is that that's not the jacked price? That's the current price. Uh, that's probably the American price. I think you're looking at. Well, I mean, even still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, even I was, still, I was saying seventeen earlier because that's the Canadian price, but. Uh... That's still that. Yeah, you times that by a year, so that's still that's still close to two hundred bucks a year for you know the ability of uh, the ability to play online and you know a, a, an unlimited library of games which i mean i guess you could argue like that's value right when games especially in canada cost about like a hundred bucks a pop um just by con- like conversion rates right um for us right like yeah like a nintendo any nintendo game is going to run you 90 bucks easy um will never go down in price so yeah, and they never will, right? So it's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a constant testing of waters, right? Like this is the whole thing with like with uh, the the whole two K NBA thing. Like they raised their they raised the price of their game up to like seventy dollars American, um, which yeah would be like I guess more even more here. You're looking at probably like a hundred over like a hundred and ten dollar game now for, um, 
you know ps5 and stuff and it's just like every company tries to get away with this right they just they just they try to they they, they raise the bar to see like if everyone else will like jump on board and then once one person does it and if you know if enough people buy into it then it's like they start you know licking their chops and say okay how else can you know what else can we do to to, to raise money and then you know all these shitty like you know uh like pundits and and hack journalists you know will, will come out to the aid of these companies billion dollar companies and be like oh well when you consider that the cost of game development went up then these prices make sense it's like oh yeah on top of all the monetization on top of all the loot boxes on top of all the ways that companies like you know try to nickel and dime their players and and exploit their players you know the the cost of game development is this is this unreachable thing I mean, yeah, it's it certainly has gone up, but I mean, at the same time, if it, it's a different story, if the if the employees themselves are being treated properly in the process, then... yeah, no, and you know what, that's a hundred percent right, and I I didn't even get to that part because that's exactly it. Like the price of the price, the the, the the you know the supposed cost of game development went up, but the the wages for game developers never did. Like, right. I mean, wages in general haven't gone up in how many years? Um, and that's what I mean. So it's like, it, like it, it just, it's just, it really at this point, it really just, it just smacks of desperation and, and exploitation, right? Like, yeah, the, the, this was certainly the first step towards getting rid of gold altogether and just going with the Game Pass going forward. I mean, Game Pass is a, is a pretty good deal. I mean, like seventeen bucks, like you say, for that for a, a, year, a month, you get EA Play involved in that. You get the, the online stuff. You get this huge library of games you can temporarily play. Um, some things are only on there for like a year or so. Like Fall Fantasy 15 is just coming off this month, and it's only been on for a month. For uh, sorry, for a year. But uh, I, I just don't, I, I don't like it myself because you don't own anything. Like you're just, right. yeah, that is true. Like you know, and that's that's another thing. Like you know, I think I think like there there could potentially be an argument to be made for like the you know the the, the I guess the the concept of of the Game Pass in terms of like you know like archival of games. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's exactly that, right? As soon as you as soon as you stop paying for it, you don't have it anymore, right? So it's just like, you know, as much as it as much as it can seem like a good value, it still like doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't substitute like ownership of things. Well, it's a way to and, get get their hooks into you so that you never stop paying. It's guaranteed revenue in the future because you don't want to lose all of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 too. It's. Yeah, and we're seeing it everywhere. I'll never, I'll just, I will never get over the fact that um, that Google shut down the Google Play Music like app, which you know by itself was a solid program. Like I always liked using it. Like just to like even just like to like you know for like the music that I downloaded and put it on my phone, like from like my old CDs and stuff. Like it's the one thing that it did that no other music program seems to do is like when you shuffle like your, all of your songs it like like it like actually organizes them it organizes them into a list so it just it just shuffled everything but you still could like go through the list and select things i'm using samsung music now and it doesn't do that it literally just shuffles every song like after you play it so like you can like go press back and then like if you press like forward the song will be different it won't be the same song you were just listening to it's just constantly shuffling but how can you Just, listen to the same song 10 times in a row? <laughs> my point exactly. Um, but that was the thing too, right? It was that like, you know, you could also use Google Play, the Google Play music to like buy CDs and stuff. And now everything just shifted over to Spotify. So it's like all these things that you could have owned at one point. Now you don't. You have to subscribe to Spotify and you don't own any of the music you're listening to, which drives me crazy. 
but it's again it's just this constant erosure uh or erasure of um of ownership right like yeah like it, it, it it's one thing about the streaming video services like netflix and disney plus and stuff like that like, I, I i view that differently like i don't mind you know just like temporarily renting these movies through the service as it is but with games it just feels yeah. it feels weird to me like not having the physical property that i actually own is one thing but then you know you, you don't even have you don't own the service you're just tapping into it feels it's, exactly it's the same concept in a way in a way but at the same time it feels vastly different and just kind of off to me but it is it's yeah it's 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 weird how it does right like i don't and maybe it's just more like because like i don't know because like movies movies in general i think are like there are more uh limited experience you know like you you know you you, you especially like if you think back to the day uh like, you know a blockbuster where we'd like you know you'd go and rent a movie you'd have it for a weekend you'd watch it like in a night and then that was it you were done with it right like so i think like the, the consumption of movies is a lot more like um a lot more like uh you know fast paced as opposed to a video game where it's like yeah if you sit down with a game that like takes you you know months to complete like it's a much more uh like intimate experience because you invested so much time into it Yeah, and also like having it. Ha, ha, uh, oh, sorry, I said no, no, go, go, ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say like, ha, like, oh, like actually owning a game like that. Like, if you know, you buy a game like I don't know, like say like Octopath Traveler, and you know, you have it. You have sort of like, you know, there's a different relationship you have with that game. Where yeah, you know, what's gonna take you a long time to beat it, but you have it like for as long as you have it, right? Like, it's not like oh, if I you know just stopped paying for this service, now that all my progress is just gone. I don't know. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> and yeah, bottom line is too that like they're not doing it because they need to, you know, make get to get back into the black. It's Microsoft. They're sitting exactly. on probably like the biggest coffers in the gaming industry, and they're just doing this so they can, you know, make up for being in the last place of the of the of the console wars. TM. Yeah, they're just upset because Nintendo has been killing them, and their stupid <laughs> internet service only costs twenty four dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing it does too. That's a difference. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. Hey, you get the SNES online and you get the NES online. They just added friggin' uh, what's the name of that stupid game they just put on there? The one that John Tron did a video about. Oh, I, 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 I love that they keep putting. <laughs> I love that they keep putting games in their stupid service that are like reviewed by people like John Tron and the Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> as seen, on, like, as seen as on. Honestly, it's like it's like if the nerd is calling you out on a game, like don't add it to your service. <laughs> I mean, I laughed. I laughed when, uh, like, way back in way back in the day when Nintendo when they when Nintendo added the uh, the, fir- the the first like the original Ninja Turtles game to the, the virtual console because I was like, oh my god, this game is so bad, but I love it because I grew up with it, so I'm nostalgic for it. I don't <laughs> but know. It's if I ever so bad. It's so bad. I, no one did. I got to the I got to the Technodrome, but it's impossible. That, that that's one of those games that was impossible that I like, game genie really. Back then, uh, yeah um so yeah uh all right uh moving on quick uh one little last like quickie quickie uh news we're gonna skip past the uh tomb raider anime thing because it's like uh you know that yeah that's happening that's yeah, cool um quick little thing so uh, we talked about it last last week um the uh the animal crossing update got uh announced um it wasn't anything big it was just sort of the announcement of uh the uh the 
festival and you know pave and it, it, it sort of briefly showed some of the uh like the the the, the the furniture pieces you can get through that event um and then they 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 teased uh, the next update which will come out in march which uh looks to be connected to the mario stuff that we were talking about last time um so you know bit of a bummer to still not see uh brewster on the horizon and you know i'm starting to i'm starting to get worried that he's not going to show up <laughs> hey i mean i'm i'm kind of two for two with nintendo predictions lately uh because last week i said it'd probably be just a small little thing and then we'll get the big one in, in march just like yeah, uh, that's but, true with the, the sephiroth thing but uh yeah yeah I mean, but this is the like the seasonal, seasonal updates are, you know, they're well and good. I'm just, like, like I said last week, I'm kind of getting ready for some bigger stuff to come. But uh, hopefully, yeah, happen. it's uh, it's you know, I, I think, I think it's like it's one of those things where you know, yeah, like I don't want to, I don't want to try, I don't want to be like too like you know, um, like demanding with these updates, you know, because yeah, like you know, I I'm one of the few I mean people on people on Reddit seem to think that Animal Crossing that New Horizons is this garbage game that won't ever live up to like New Leaf and stuff like that. I saw that um, I'm surprised. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> we're both we're both going on that switch subreddit. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a that was a mistake. I, I saw the hostility and I was like, wow, this is oh my yeah. It's, it's just it's, it, 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 like the people the people there are so like they're so entitled. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you, you see these people who are just like, why is not Nintendo giving us, like, massive game overhauls with one of these updates? Like, the thing that kills me the most are, are the people who always complain about how, like, you know, crafting or, like, buying, like, Nook Miles tickets and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you have to, like, you know, do it one at a time. And I'm just like, but, dude, the game gives you a literal day to do stuff like how much time do you need <laughs> like i get it in a game like you know stardew valley where it's like you know you have a fixed amount of time so like this kind of like ease of access and like you know quality of life improvements like that like kind of makes sense because there's always so much you can do in a in an in-game day but you have a literal 24 hours to do things in a in a you know in a day of animal crossing like do you really need to like like is a slider of how many like things you can build all at once really like that big of a deal to you? Like, well, this we trying to fucking speed run Animal Crossing, like Jesus. <laughs> this entry is already like so much more user focused than previous Animal Crossing games are. I'm 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 not a big Animal Crossing guy. I'm the guy who always plays it for a week and I'm like, okay, that's what that game is, and then just never comes back to town. But um everything i've seen from from new leaf or not new leaf uh new horizons right. has just been so much more con uh player forward like so much more stuff to do instead of having to plan your your day about when you're going to come check in on your your turnips or whatever like it's <laughs> no, already so it, much so much more know, the, than thing, it had been. the thing that's crazy lane is that like like uh what was it like uh, i think it was like it was it was a, little, a few years ago after the uh the welcome amiibo uh update came out for new leaf i actually i wrote a blog post like you know um on my old on my old blog spot that i literally it was literally titled 10 things that would have made new leaf perfect 
and I'm not joking, like, Nintendo put in, like, nine of the ten things. <laughs> like, like I literally, I literally said things like, like, being able to, like, put stuff around your town in a more convenient way than the way you do, like, with the ordinances in, in New Leaf. Like, the ability to, like, actually inspect the art that, that Red gives you so you could actually be able to tell if you're getting a fake or not. Like, you know, the ability to actually, like, do more things. Like, the better, like, online connectivity... I was like, I genuinely couldn't believe like how much like they they improved New Leaf like when like after or uh, New Horizons after playing New Leaf and saying like oh you know this would have made it better and this would have made it better and it like genuinely did. Um, yeah, but the, I don't know. It's, I, I honestly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say the the engine itself is a huge improvement. Like the the engine that they that's running the whole thing now, like being able to terraform and. You know, yeah. do this and that is all good. The content is where I, f- I feel it's a bit lacking, but even then, like that's something they can add over time. Like, but you know, it's 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 crazy. Like, I I you know, I I kind of agree with you because I think I too would like to see more like actual like kind of like legit like furniture options and like you know compare compared to like the sets and stuff that you get. But I mean, like when you look through all the DIYs, I, you know, there's, like there's so many things that you can make and so many things that you can get. Like, um. Even and even like more like yeah like more like customization options for like like so many different pieces of furniture like it's not like it's really not like it's lacking in content right like I get it um you know to a degree but like so this is what I was saying but like uh like last week too right it's like you know when you think back to some of the furniture sets that were in uh like New Leaf and some of the older the other games it's like they're really just varying degrees of like wooden furniture with different colors like there's literally like the blue set the the green set <laughs> like the you know yeah like the the cute set with the hearts which is in new horizons it's really it's like how much more do you want <laughs> i get it like yeah new stuff is great but like it's like really like are you guys like are, are these people genuinely hurting for content um and, and it's just it just honestly it just it just smacks to me of, of it, it really does show like again like you know the like the 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 landscape that has been crafted by like gaming right like you know it's it's like so much stuff is this is this set this this idea of like instant gratification like if you can't do things like like super quick and just get it done then it's not like then it, then it's tedious and it's a hassle but it's like you're playing animal crossing <laughs> like i chill spent, the fuck out <laughs> i spent over the weekend i spent like 100 like 150,000 bells moving stores around to adjust things for one tile it is not yeah. an instant gratification game <laughs> no it's like okay yeah like you could time travel that's fine like you know and that's like it is what it is like if you know you want to get get yeah get like buildings and stuff moved around but like it took three days and one hundred fifty thousand bells but it, I, I i moved things by one tile yeah exactly <laughs> it's just, i don't know it's just it just it it, it 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 unnerves me a little bit so i don't know i i hopefully hopefully the um the March update. I feel like it's just going to be the Mario stuff. You know, I would have, I think I, I personally would, because it'll be the one year, like anniversary of, of new horizons, like to see like, yeah, if they would do like more than just the Mario stuff. But I, it, it sort of feels to me now I am sort of, I'm, I'm kind of getting the sense that maybe they'll keep the updates going for another year. Like I'd be surprised if they, if they just like kind of said like, okay, March is going to be the last one. Like, I feel like they're just going to keep slowly adding stuff over, over time. And like, you know, 
Animal Crossing really is that kind of game where like and this is exactly like the, the the perfect kind of gambit, right? This is like, like you know, kind of like what I was what I said um when the Switch first got released and it was like Nintendo strategically had one like major game every month. You know, people were talking about the about the Switch every month for an uh, for like a literally an entire year. That thing never got out of the focus. And I feel like Animal Crossing really is that kind of game where like, yeah, you can't you can't front load that game with big updates and constant, you know, swarms of content. Like this is the kind of game like it's a slow paced game. It's got to have slow paced updates. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is that you think that Animal Crossing should adopt the games as service model. Well, no, you know, it already kind of has one, but it's like the, you know, I uh, as and I've said this in the past, as much as I think that like games as service is a really shady like thing to 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 like that a lot of or a lot of like like lesser um companies you know put the, in their games <laughs> Ubisoft um there is there are ways that you can like implement them in like in like you know in 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 a meaningful way like like this is the thing with like with Animal Crossing like Animal Crossing was a completed game when it came out it had tons of content it was like you know well made it was like you know it had, there was like it, you know, it was it was done when it came out. It wasn't you know a third of a game that was a games of service to like you know contrive reasons to consistently pay for the rest of the game. Like so, and and this is what I mean. Like so, it's just like you know the fact that this was like, this was the, that Animal Crossing was like done when it came out, and now you know they're constantly like adding stuff like i kind of get why they didn't have like the holidays right away like just to sort of like save time on development because that's just like small things you can add in after the fact because again like unless you're some person who just needs to time travel to december to experience christmas um and you'll get all the furniture before anyone else like you're not you're not gonna you know you're gonna wait until december like you know it comes when it comes that's the whole point of animal crossing so it's like they could buy themselves some time with with small like uh, you know, monthly updates, you know, and this is, you know, and Splatoon did it too. Like Splatoon constantly had little updates over the course of like the years that it was out. Um, and it's just, it is that way of, of keeping the game fresh and, and keeping players invested and it's, not, and you're not being a dick about it. Like they're all free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lot, you know, it, it, even if Nintendo at this point wanted to put out like a big, paid update for animal crossing at this point it would be worth it because they put enough time and enough effort and enough content into animal crossing over the year that like you know i i, I would i would I, I could dump you know i could sink 20 dollars into animal crossing again for more stuff why not people they are earned still it. playing it after a year they practically have earned a, a, the ability to do that sort of thing sure. yeah um but uh but you know, we uh, we went on for far too long about this. Uh, <laughs> so we need to get we need to get onto the the real the real meat and potatoes of uh, of this this podcast. Um, because Lane, you you had a you had a whole time with uh, with the medium, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um that's a game that came out that some people think is good, and I think is not. Well. I'll tell you, buddy. I'm right there with you because I don't even need to play it. I just I know I know Bloober Team made it, and they are not good at making horror games. <laughs> they are not really good at making games. I was gonna say, what if, what if they made that is good? Yeah, like I I wasn't even thinking about it being Bloober Team when I started it up, but their name flashed across my screen when it when it when it started, and I went, 
oh wait wasn't <laughs> Blair Witch like an abomination against God and your, your heart sank <laughs> oh no what have I done and then I played it and it was a horrible buggy mess that I didn't <laughs> like in the very least and struggled to see how people think is in any way fun um, but some people seem to think it's just the bee's knees well, like I like I said in in the Slack, mediocrity sells, man. Mediocrity is the standard at this point. I don't understand why people don't demand better of video games. That's really what I was trying to say in the whole review was like, this is a bad game, and this team has good ideas, and they need to be pushed to get it because they're just taking the easy way out every time because that's where the money is. That's what they can churn out and get paid for. In a month, I don't think anyone's going to be thinking about this game at all. You know, it, it, it's 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 funny that you say that because it's like this is the it's kind of the same way I felt with uh, with Layers of Fear because I remember when like Layers of Fear was in like early access um, and so many people were comparing it to PT and like PT is no. a demo, but it is like my gold standard for horror right now. Like if you can make a game as scary as PT, then I commend you, sir or yeah. madam. Um, but then I, then I played it, um, and I was like, how dare anyone compare this piece of crap to PT? Like PT had a, like did a, like, you know, was so well put together and layers of fear is the world's shittiest carnival horror ride. Like it is nothing more than you repeatedly like the, the the constant gameplay loop is just walking up to a painting interacting with it watching it melt to melt away into some slightly spooky painting turning around and getting a jump scare that is all it is there there was a moment and i'm not even hyperbolizing here where they tried to make books scary i've, I've seen There's, that clip you turn around and there's a just a stack of books that explode behind you, and it's like that's a jump scare. And I like, <laughs> it's, I, like it's like it did it didn't even understand how to. It's like there's no tension, like jump scares. You know, I know a lot of people turn, uh, you know, and point at like Five Nights at Freddy's and about, about like how like jump scare. You know, that game is just all jump scares. You know, uh, and it's not a good horror game because of it. But it's like Five Nights at Freddy's knows how to earn it's jump scare like it creates so much tension and paranoia with its gameplay that when you get the jump scare it's genuinely effective well, it's like, like you can't just sorry go I, for it i don't so this is a drum that I've, I've kind of been beating for a while um i don't think that since you brought up five nights at freddy's i have to point out it is like just a very pure distillation of this idea of spectacle and how it relates to um how it relates to horror because all you're doing in that game is looking at things and purposefully not looking at things so that you don't see something that is scary to you and they kind oh. of is a weird theme to it i i think it's i think it's a problem for that particular series that has gotten better over the years but it is it's a an actual theme no see okay so so i i i i slight i i, I get i get what you're saying and I actually, I, I agree with that, but I only slightly disagree because I think like the, the way that the game like actually um, like sort of, sort of implores you to not look at like this, like the, the screen, like, you know, it, 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 
the the reason it works is the way it built like all the other systems around it like particularly around the whole like battery meter so it's like you know you could you could constantly look at that screen and see where all the stuff is and cut you know and be aware of your surroundings but if you do that you're gonna drain your battery and you're gonna get a game over so it's like the game actually like forces you to not look at the stuff as a way of conserving like energy and that's what drives up the paranoia because you constantly like are worried that something's happening that you're not seeing because you feel like you can't see it because if you do you're going to force the game to an, like to end and i think that's why it works it it constantly puts you on edge well the first game anyways yeah the first game yeah that that that's what i'll say the first game specifically one might in fact call that a gameplay mechanic something that yeah. seems to be very lacking in layers of fear at the very least <laughs> gameplay loop wow yeah um and 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 this was this was the crazy thing because you know the 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 writer who reviewed it uh for cgm he gave it a 10 out of 10 and i had to like dm him and just be like how <laughs> like how did this game merit a 10 out of 10 and his reasoning was like hyper specific like it literally came down to him basically saying that like you know he, you know, he tried to be like a professional artist at one point and he like, you know, it, the, the whole like story of the of the game of being like depressed and being like anxious and, and basically like going crazy for your art like resonated with him and he thought it like it like tapped into that like fear and, and all those emotions that he felt when he was trying to do it. Um, and I was like, OK, I get that. Still a bad game. And that's a very specific experience for people to have to like resonate with this game because I don't have that experience. And that's why it wasn't scary to me, nor was it like thematically very like deep. Well, it sounds like he very much enjoyed the movie that was Layers of Fear. Um, however, there's not much game to it. Uh, there's no reason that it needs to needed to be a game. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, like, and, but, but again, going back, going back to what you said, like, you know, it, and even in relation to the, to the, to the medium, right? Like, I think like the concept of layers of fear isn't that bad. Like the idea of like, you know, like having like paintings and art kind of like come to life and, and replicate horror. There's good ideas to be had from that. Layers of fear did not do that. <laughs> Sounds like a, like a VR experience more than like a game no game. <laughs> even even in vr that game wouldn't be effective <laughs> well and that's that's a big thing that i i see with bluebird team is that they do have really cool ideas and they have really cool visuals to go up with those ideas i do love a lot of the design and the medium uh but as far as execution it's not something not something that i personally enjoyed um i gave it up four and a half which is the lowest score on metacritic and i'm kind of proud of that yeah and you got harangued sir there was a there was a there was a 30 on uh on from gaming bible oh good gaming so, bible so here <laughs> you know the absolute lowest <laughs> here's here are some of the uh here are some of the choice uh comments on this review um you have uh, Samuel, who said, bad rating. Um, Rado, who said, just a ridiculous review. You clearly didn't like the, you clearly don't like the genre playing ATM. Very good. Um, 
FFU, <laughs> very clever commenter name here, said, really? Your opinion is literally trash and not objective. I was about to, I was going to uh, uh, correct you on the pronunciation there. But you can't. <laughs> nope, he spelled objective. <laughs> um, and then some other uh, Jagoff commented on that uh, comment and said, no opinion on anything, all caps, especially art, is quote unquote objective. That's one of the most laughably naive things I've heard someone say in a long, long time. I literally laughed out loud at your comment. A quote-unquote objective opinion on a piece of art or entertainment product? LOL, all caps. This is literally impossible. It doesn't exist. It never has. It never will. It never could. Active. (laughs) Moving. It's moving. Okay. So this is is the thing that kills me because, um, you know... You have so many people on like Metacritic who uh, I guess are like just really, really into this game. And for what reason, I I honestly can't tell. Um, But like, this is the thing that like, I don't understand. Um, Like, you know, especially when you get comments like this, because... This this actually kind of remind this reminds me of um of of when I gave uh Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival uh a uh, an eight out of ten and uh I just I, I just want to I just want to pull up because like because you know oh no uh what was what was, what was that other great comment that was left on this one about how you were bought out by uh by Sony that was, oh that was the one that was in Spanish <laughs> oh no there's another one there's two that that say I've I've been bought out by Sony. Our, yeah. our, uh, our Spanish friend said it is a Sony media. I didn't know realize we were owned by Sony. Uh, that gives high marks just for Sony exclusives and low marks for other games. Opinion without credibility at all from someone who doesn't like video games and only releases notes on Metacritic to make hate. To make hate with non-PlayStation games. Is it possible to report bad reviews like this? And <laughs> the other one is... Report you to the, to the opinion police. Oh no, I'm going to Metacritic jail. <laughs> so scared. Well, we also have this fun one. The reviewer is bought by Sony. What a choice, CG Magazine. However, I have to point out the name of that commenter is indeed Sony. (laughs) No, Sony, what are you doing? (laughs) Use a fake name, Sony. They've been found out. Oh, my God. So, like, oh, you know, it's it's, uh, uh, unfortunately um, that uh, there's like some of the, some of the, uh, some of the some of the better comments from my old uh, Animal Crossing review are gone, um, because it's like I kind of got I kind of got the same like haranguing from people uh, about how like I was bought by Nintendo. You know, people were like, "How much did Nintendo pay for this review?" Um, and you know, I was a trash reviewer for for, for you know actually seeing the good in Animal in Amiibo Festival and like you know actually like being objective about why it like it actually like does work maybe you know it's not for everybody but you know it's the systems that i put in place like do work within its uh its own thing right um and this is where i was kind of thinking about this like it's like this 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 impossible like job that that critics have and it especially made me think i don't know if you guys saw this on 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 twitter um this was on uh i want to say it was on monday um yeah, the 25th. So uh, 
Jerry Saltz, right? He's a he's senior art critic, uh, New York Magazine. He posted a tweet that was apparently a quote from Oscar Wilde, where he said, and, I, and I'm quoting here, a good critic always puts more into writing about artwork than the artists put into making it. The artist only creates. The critic must plumb that creation uh, and also write creatively enough to deliver the full volume of the art while also creating a thing of beauty and clarity itself. Um, now, I think, personally, I think that the the, the quote itself um, is not worded great, um, mainly just because, you know, I think the idea of, like, quantifying people's, like, efforts, uh, particularly, like, in, in, in terms of creation, is, like, always kind of a shitty thing to do, like, you know... No, you know, to say to say like even critics as like artists who who create like, you know, uh, like, you know, as their critiques as like, you know, pieces of writing um, to say that anyone like works harder than anyone, you know, because, you know, like, you know, I draw stupid comics. Right. And some guy uh, paints beautiful paintings, you know, for him to say, oh, I, well, I, I'm you know, I work harder than you. It's just like it's unfair. We're both creators. We both create. We both put in effort. Um, yeah. But what, I think what, that a lot of that can – I think that whenever you see someone on Twitter or somewhere else saying this profession or this trade is the is so much better than any other trade and you scroll up and you see, oh, you are a member of that group. This is perhaps a bit self-aggrandizing and you may be a bit biased. <laughs> well, this is my point because when you look in the comments of this of this tweet, you see like nothing – but I mean, it's like 90%. I cannot find one critic who like came to this guy's aid and was just like, yeah, I get it. Um, I tried to like the, the, the top two comments. I'm not joking. Are Brentel Floss. Uh, who said, you know, who said, uh, I'm not familiar with your work, but it sounds like something a critic would say to feel better about not making art. And, you know, based on, based on my own interactions with Brentel Floss, I kind of get where he's coming from with this friend of the show. Um, yeah, friend of the show, but you know, uh, you know, love you, love you, senpai. Um, not trying to, not trying to call him out because I, I get it, right? Because he is like, you know, he's very, like, he's very, um, like, he, you know, he, he, he works very hard to make his like content, right? So he, and he, you know, he's very protective of it. So like, you know, um, but then also there was there was Ego Raptor, who just who just put lol. Okay. Um. But that's what I mean. Like, it's just like, it's just, it's just all these like, you know, creators who I guess didn't think that, yeah, like coming out this defensively uh, 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 about a comment like this, about, about like the job that critics do, like was also a bad look. <laughs> yeah. Bad looks all and, around. And, and this is, and this is, this is kind of the point like that I was, that I, that I was thinking about throughout the week where it's just like, like like we as critics honestly have this impossible job where it's like if you like something that people think is bad you're a garbage critic and you shouldn't be listened to if you don't like something that is objectively bad um you're a trash reviewer and you shouldn't be listened to like it's just like like the landscape for criticism is so treacherous to navigate not just with like people like with with fans of product because again i mean you you don't need you need to look that far back look at look at cyberpunk where let's not 
it's not like cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's look at it specifically in the case where, you know, one, one, not even like, she wasn't even criticizing the game. One person pointed out that the game causes epileptic seizures and CDPR put the fact that this game can cause epileptic seizures in the EULA that they also made jokes about the fact that no one was going to read and what did people do but send her videos that could trigger epileptic seizures disguised as like support for what she was saying like you can't you can't even point out like objective things about a game being bad without people like without the defenders coming to its aid and trying to like put you into a seizure well that was a great example too. That was Leona Rupert on uh, from from Game Informer, and she, yes, thank you. I forgot the name. She she had also uh, posted a review with like, with her thoughts and things like that, and was a little critical of certain aspects of the game, and she got attacked for that. And then the same people who attacked her once they actually played the game because the game wasn't even out at that point, uh, then agreed with her. But you know, do do you think they went back and apologized to her for like shitting all over her? No, they they just hopped on the train and ran with it as as, as though they'd been the conductor the whole time um yeah. double standard like people will defend a game they haven't even played uh to the death and then you know when it comes out they'll will turn on it right away it just it just and even even just like like in my like just like the, in this last week where I, I i was trying to get some some preview footage of mario 3d world up for for cg and for myself on my own channel like the amount of stuff that I was not allowed to show, things that just seem like basic, you know, I wasn't allowed to show the the intro sequence to uh, Bowser's Fury where like Bowser like, you know, shows up. It's a really cool, it's actually a really cool sequence. Um, but and, and it's all gameplay. It's not even like it's cutscene. Um, wasn't allowed to show that. Like, wasn't allowed to show any cutscene for that matter. Um which was stupid because I mean like like little like things where like you know you get the you get the little like cat shines little like power moons that they have in this and they like swoop up to a to a lighthouse that is technically a cutscene so like there's just just constant weird edits throughout the whole video <laughs> it's like not only not only do like publishers control so much of like the message about like what we as critics are like allowed to talk about and say. I mean, you got a, you got a company like Bethesda that literally just said, you know, we're not going to give critics games until the day they come out because we want everyone to experience it at the same time. It's like, yeah, thanks for letting us do our jobs then. <laughs> you know, and then not only that, but then yeah, you have like people who are on like every side. It's like as soon as you don't like something, then, then, then you're the villain. You're the asshole who just, who just is apparently bad at his job and can't see how good it is because you know it's because the the people over at Polygon thought it was good. Well, the the same thing happened with us with uh, Preston's review of Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Uh, he gave it a three oh out and the the hate train just <laughs> so fast, so harsh. Like I know, so many Ubisoft defenders. <laughs> Like, but like be yeah. that as it, as it may, though, like this game wasn't even out, and people were defending it again. Same situation. I'm like just scrolling through the comments on on this thing now, just because we just yeah. he, he went against the Metacritic score, which you know wasn't available to him when he was writing it in the first place. Well, and it doesn't matter if it, it it doesn't matter the your your take on a on a game is it's very it's supposed to be from you. Like it is your experience. If somebody over at Polygon played the medium and thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, that's great. 
I played through it and I found that it had severe theming issues, that it had no player choice at all, and it was genuinely unfun to play. And at the end of the day, there's going to be people out there who read my review and are like, I'm not going to buy that game. I'm not going to waste my money on it. And it'll pay off well for them. There'll be people who read what's his name over at Polygon's review, buy the game, and are disappointed, or maybe even love it. If you love the game, that's great. Love the game. Love games. Games are fun. <laughs> no, games are not fun. Games suck now. Games are ammunition for my online claim war. <laughs> because, no, because people, because publishers, like, genuinely design them not to be fun for, for, for unlimited profit. But, like, this is, like, people, so many people buy into it. This is what the thing that, that kills me is that, like, it's, like, you get, like, Dumbo over there who's, like, nothing is objective. Everything's subjective. It's, like, no, things are very clearly objective. Like, so much of criticism is balancing, you know, your, like, actual objective facts about the game. Like, it's design, it's themes, it's story, the way it, like, tells its story. Like, you know... There's so much that goes into it that, like, objectively can be bad. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, maybe 10% of it should be subjective. Yeah, I had fun with this. You know what I mean? Because, again, yeah, there was a, there was another there was another review that went up on, on CG um, that I will not mention by name, but my God. And it was the same thing. The guy gave it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, because I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I trust this guy. He's, you know, he, he's not a bad critic. So, like, I, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to play the game. And it was garbage, like utter garbage. Um, and again, like I messaged him and I was just like, dude, I'm like, what, like, what happened here? Like, you said this game was 10 out of 10. I played it. It's so bad. And it, it, he was basically just like, he was like, well, you know, I had fun with it. So, you know, I gave it a high score, like, because I enjoyed it. And I was, and I was kind of like, yeah, but you enjoying it is not does not a good game make <laughs> like it's just it's just it's so crazy to me like this is what I, like it like i don't understand how how like you know lane can have like all these really good objective points about this game about how it doesn't work how it's like how it is physically broken you know yeah. And people are just like, no, you're wrong, because this guy liked it. So, well, no, like, most I, of those comments were from the day before the game actually came out, too. So that's neat. See, yeah. <laughs> so so it's most likely a bunch of Xbox stands who are just protecting every game that's on it. Yeah, I mean, bugs bugs are not arguable. Like, if, if you've encountered bugs no. reviewing it, that's if the game was broken with just riddled with with errors when you played it, that's how it was. Well, yeah. And my big issue with this whole culture that is so common of people defending games that hasn't even come that haven't even come out is just like that. And this, not to go back to it, this is the same thing that happened to Cyberpunk. Uh, is that these are people just blindly saying, "I want to give you my money. I want to give this publisher, this developer, my money, and I don't care what I get. I bet it's going to be great." Um, but like when I finished writing the review on the medium. I looked at it and I was like, maybe I'm being too hard. Maybe Bloober Team is, you know, I shouldn't hit them this bad. I shouldn't give them a, a four and a half. But then I was like, wait, but they want people to pay money for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How <will> they learn? <laughs> That's, it's use, disingenuous. It's bad. Or maybe they just want people to use their Game Pass subscription to play it. So then it's, you know, hit them harder. Just day one yeah. on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, there you go. And, and and it's you know it's 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 funny that you mentioned that 
lane because it's something I've experienced too, like with like people that I know who like every time I talk about like how like, you know, a game being bad or, you know, the, the, the production of a game that's like very troubled and like turbulent and it's, it's looking like it's, it's going to lead to like a bad game being released, you know. I get told that I'm, you know, a negative guy and I, I'm just, I'm pessimistic and I'm cynical and I, why can't you just have fun? Why can't you just let me have fun with my video games? Why can't you just let me enjoy things? And I'm always like, and I always say, it's like, dude, it's like my job as a critic is to try and like keep you from, from wasting your money on bullshit, you know, like that's what we try to do here. We're try, we're not just like, you know, I, I don't know why people think people get into criticism, um, I don't know. Why do people get into criticism? <laughs> like, yeah, because we're all because we're all a bunch of angry jerks and we just want to talk about how much we hate video games. Like, <laughs> like, no, it's like it's like we're trying to be like conscious of other people. There's there's a bit of an altruistic element to it. Like, we, I'm not just I don't crap on a game just because it's fun to do, even though it kind of is fun to do. Like, it's also because it's like, you know, if if I'm going to have a bad time with this, like there's a good chance you're probably going to have a bad time with it too. And if I can stop you from having a bad time with something, then, you know, then my job is done, you know? So it's just like, I don't understand. Like it's, it's, it's a weird thing to me that like, even, even when I went to school for journalism, there's only like one course that they offer. That's like, it, there wasn't really, really much to it. Like they don't really teach criticism which is why i think it's weird that there is honestly such a disparate landscape of criticism you know throughout the internet like like again like yeah like how can like like a guy like like you who had a lot of very valid points to make about the medium um you know not line up with someone like how does the same thing the same product not line up with other people you know what i mean yeah it's it's weird but I will say, I, I was just curious about something. This is not, I thought this might be my, my new lowest uh, scoring review, but no, that still goes to Extinction. I gave that a 3 out of 10. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there's, there, there's a weird disconnect where people either want to assume that we're shills and we're just, you know, promoting things because we're being paid off by the company, or we're just hating everything to be contrarian. But here we are trying to warn people. And, you know, like, uh, most games don't come out with a lot of time to reviewers and like to like to really get through like if like people were rushing through it part of part of why the honor had a, a a seizure while playing cyberpunk is because she was helping the main reviewer a game informer get through the game and they were just putting so much time into it to get it, the review out in time like people are suffering like not i don't want to say we're suffering through games to, you know to get them done in time but at the same time like you're not, you're not enjoying it at the same rate that you normally would and we're doing it as a service to people and, that's, and I'll say that too. I mean, I mean, don't, don't, don't downplay it, man. Like, uh, no, honestly, like reviewing games, like people, people, that's the thing. People think that's like, like reviewing games. It's like, oh, you, you just have fun all the time. You just, you just play video games all the time. It's like, no, it's like, it's a stressful thing to do. Like you don't, you don't get to experience it the same way that you would if you just sat down and played a game for like leisure. Like, yeah, you have to burn through. I, like when I, when I got to review, when I got to review Fallout 4, like I literally like did nothing for like a, like for like almost like, two weeks but play that game and i tried because it's it was such a huge game like i wasn't playing it the same way i usually i would usually play like a fallout game like by trying to actually experience everything and like have a good time with it like i was genuinely like hustling 
to try and experience as much as I can because I knew like with a game that big, if I didn't experience like as as many things as possible, if I didn't put enough time into it, then I was going to get flamed in the comments for not like like playing it enough and not knowing enough about it. And all oh, this guy just doesn't get it. This guy just doesn't play. The point that we try to make here is, guys, is get your shit together. OK, like if a critic tell says the game is bad, maybe take it on good faith that he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Uh, just just give it a second see how you feel about it don't immediately like jump to it say these people don't know who you are neither the the reviewer nor the publisher or the developer knows who the the people who are playing the games are so there's no reason to really jump up and attack either one or defend either one now what you should do is find good games games that have come out games that are just fantastic and support those guys be be vocal in comment sections etc etc maybe a game like i don't know world of fear is pretty good or world of horror is real good that's a good horror game silent hill 2 has some really interesting things with a theme and character choice that somebody talked about in a review once (laughs) oh dude silent hill is legendary like the point is Honestly, just like, it's just, you know, try to take it easy on the critics. Okay. Like we're trying to help you. Okay. We blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. You can't just go to the store. Like we were talking last week, rent a crappy game, scratch the shit out of it on a brick and then return it. Like if you're going to, if you're going to pay seven, 60, 70 to $90 Canadian on a video game, like you, you expect it to be good. Even, even 30, $40 on like an indie game is like too much to spend on a bad video game like so we're trying to help you out guys so you know maybe maybe cut us a break maybe don't get hyper defensive when people say that you know uh critics do you know not only have to disseminate art but also then make something artistic themselves in that dissemination you know and be all like you just you just don't make art critics are bad and mean and we don't like that they give us negative things we don't like they say bad things about our our precious art babies help me help you help me help you <laughs> look i'm like the biggest games or art nerd if you want to go down that path we can but no one's gonna like it but me <laughs> listen uh, yeah i mean l- listen you know a lot of people thought that uh a lot of people said that uh death stranding was you know not a good video game um Great, a good little art piece, but not a good video game. And you know what? I played it. I, I kind of disagree. You know, it's important to remember that um, not all art is good. <laughs> uh, according to Twitter comments, you are wrong. All art is good and all art is subjective. And you can't be the one to say that. Everything I'm is- calling I'm calling the comment police on you. Everything is absolute. <laughs> Call the comment police. Throw you know me in, in Metacritic jail. I'll dada my way out of there. <laughs> You know what? I'm doing. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Do it. We're, we're we're deep inside the rabbit hole now. Oh God! Yeah, we gotta get out of it. So, <laughs> thank you uh, for listening. Sorry, I didn't want this to go this long, uh, but it got heated. Um, if you want to uh, check out any of the things that we talked about today, any of the news stories, you can check them out at cgmagonline.com. Uh, if you want to check us out on the social medias, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at cgmagonline. Uh, check us out on YouTube. I just put up, uh, like I just like I said, I put up a, a, a little gameplay video of uh, 
Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury. And, uh, you know, it's, it's actually getting a lot of positive feedback. I was really, uh, really happy about that. Um, if you want to find me, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at NinjaJordan underscore. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get flamed for this. Uh, if you want to check me out on YouTube, also go to www.youtube.com slash ninja reviews. Uh, don't search my name in the search bar. I won't come up. I'm too small. Uh, but you know what? I'm growing. I, again, I put up a, put up a Bowser's Fury video on my channel too. And it uh, got really doing really good. Can't hate the hustle. It's the first video I put up that hit like over 2000 views. And I didn't have to like pay money for, uh, for like advertising, like boosting. Yeah, and I got it's just seen a lot of growth from this. Um, so it's good. Uh really happy about that. Lane, where can we find you these days? Did he did he leave? Uh nope, I muted myself. Oh. I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, smoking is bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm Lane Martin. If you're interested in uh, following me on Twitter or you just want to tell me how much you hate me and how I've ruined your life, uh, I'm at Fritz Fault. That's F-R-I-T-Z-V-A-L-T. I'm not on there a lot, but I'm on there sometimes. Yay. <laughs> and Chris, tell us where to find you. We know where it is. Well, you can check me out on Twitter at Hoogathy. It's uh, H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y. And uh Check out my other projects through there, or you can find me on Twitch at Guild2Taps. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening, and as always, remember in these uh, turbulent times to stay inside, stay safe, wear a mask, and keep listening to great podcasts by great people. And be nice to critics. And please. <laughs> we're so, we're so fragile. <laughs>